0: Windows 10, Threadripper, password questions, and more
1: on this August 2018 edition of. With your mate. I'm Jay. Okay,
2: then
0: my finger's not on the pulse of America. Craig, say it again. And It doesn't matter if you don't like it; the rest of the world's entertained. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the first ever CyberTalk Podcast. Um, I'm Jake. Going around the room. I'm Nathan. I'm Kenneth. And I'm Craig. A little bit of background here. Uh, I am a cybersecurity professional. We have an IT professional here. We have someone who is kind of just getting into the IT field. And then we have someone that is... Uh, Probably about the intermediate level, not so much a beginner, not so much a... um, More a man on the street. Right, something like that. The purpose of this podcast is to kind of have a generalized forum for discussion, talk about new things coming out, talk about security, questions and answers, just whatever the rest of us geeks feel like talking about in any given time. Is there anything going on in the... uh, Since this is the, the first... Podcast we're gonna kind of just wing it as you do,
1: yeah, let uh pull up the articles that I had before, but I need to uh take the titties Lord. off the screen of my phone real <laughs> at least quick.
0: somebody came prepared,
2: well, he was prepared, he got distracted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And just for the sake of going ahead and getting it out of the way, if you have any questions, comments, you want to hit us up for any reason, we're at uh, 833-9-CALL-US, 833-922-5587, or you can email us at questions at com. or we're also on Twitter at, at cybertalkpod. We kind of hope to make this uh, once a month, and if it you know generates a good of interest, we'll go ahead and you know, bump it up to maybe two twice a month, possibly weekly if it gets there if we have enough material to do so. But we'll we'll take it as it comes. We'll see. Um Do we there's, want it? there's a new processor coming out that I would love. Uh AMD is about to release their Threadripper two. An amazing piece of silicon. Why is it an amazing piece of silicon? Thirty two cores. What's a core? Mm. For those of you who don't know, uh, core is a processing unit. uh used to be that processors were single core, so it meant one processing unit per core, or per processor. Yes. Now you can stuff uh, multiple cores. It's essentially a, putting in multiple processors into a single package. So to have 32 processors in a single package, that's pretty damn cool. It's a lot. That is a lot. So what, what would I use that? Right? You and can open has, up. I'm glad you asked. But it has 64 threads. 64. <laughs> yes, 64 threads. 64 threads. 64 threads. You can open a lot of porn. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's good to know. Or you can open actual work and porn.
3: Now the porn is a bunch at one time.
0: Right. Like
1: how many Hey now. How many windows?
0: I don't know. You could probably and how many it. tabs oh, per window? Per window. Let's see. You could probably get comfortably. I mean, don't hold me to this benchmark. It's just a, you know, we're, we're, we're podcasting. An estimate. B.S. At best. Um, I would say 50 windows with at least 10 tabs apiece.
3: In order to put 50 windows
0: of porn at one time... Wouldn't you need the monitor to support that? Well, oh, the monitors. I mean, there's no saying you have to go with a single monitor nowadays. It's In fact, it's quite, a, quite the thing. Are you saying multiple? Multiple monitors. monitors. Yes. yes. Multiple I, monitors for multiple orgasms. I, curr- <laughs> I currently have a uh, nine monitor set up. So, uh, so if you're really into making compilation porn
2: for Pornhub, right. this is exactly the processor you want to
0: have. Oh, yeah. Content creation. So mm-hmm. what
1: about all the pop-ups that are going to happen?
0: That's going to happen 30 go, times as a times off, fast.
1: As a, as a person who isn't really familiar with computing and you decided you didn't want the
0: pop-up blocker on your, uh, browser. your browser. Right. Um, well, you don't want to block your pop-up. Well, my suggestion would be use somebody else's computer. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's better. Okay. buy them? Office computer? Well, I would not suggest nor condone that in any way, shape, or form.
3: <laughs> now, is a 32-core processor necessary for eh, five minutes of porn? I mean, let's, let's really be honest here.
0: Well, if you want that five minutes of porn really fast, or while you're doing something else while watching that porn. What else can I be doing? Calculator. Hmm. Minesweeper. Yeah. Twitch? Solitaire. <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> So and you're going to you let people Twitch watch, watch you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Wow, <laughs> Sit there and let people watch you. Watch, watch, watch porn. porn. Yeah. No, no more ideas. Have Thanks. you have you not been on Pornhub? Sir, this is how the Tide Pod challenge got started. Or right many right? videos. No, no, no. no. All
2: I'm hearing so far is that I can watch every Riley Reed video simultaneously.
0: How many? While
1: watching a video of her watching everyone.
0: <laughs> yes. Exactly. Okay. okay, so now I'm the guy without, without the information in the room. Who is Riley Oh, Riley Reid's the number one
2: porn star in the United States and has been for the past three years. Really? Oh, yeah. It shows how much porn I watch.
0: Good for her. Uh-huh. For well, it depends I feel like on I'm which I'm missing something. It,
1: but, uh, anyway, off of porn for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to it. Of
0: course, <laughs> it always comes back to porn. Uh, I mean, this that's is the computing. point of
1: the internet. <clears throat> um, So,
0: the Threadripper. Right. Which sounds uh, porny in it, its own right. Uh, Kuda that's a that's a different genre thread ripper um
3: say it seductively
0: at kink.com brought to you by i'm looking for that amd sponsorship i'm not seeing it <laughs> that's, it's not too we might bars. we might get
1: the kink.com sponsorship though okay,
0: maybe kink.
1: okay what what is the advantage aside from the technical aspects of it what is the advantage of having this one
0: to a common for a common user yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Bragging rights. Okay. That's about it. Any modern computer for your normal server, I mean, all the way down to a Celeron, is enough for yep. your common. Now, lower than a Celeron, you're kind of pushing it, but, you know, any common process, any current processor will do just fine for your average user. You start getting into content creation, that changes. And if you're really in a content creation, then that Threadripper Comes. I mean, it's not even really good for gaming. It's too many cores. For mm. right now, that'll change right. down the line. But by that time, they're going to have, you know, 64 core processors. So, no point. But, I mean, it's great for content. You know, mm. you're doing video encoding. Like, for me, I've been taking my seasons here lately. Like, I did scrubs. Because it's a... I own it. Thank you. But it's... uh I've been putting it in digital format, and oh it's taken minutes an episode oh really well i've got a i've got a 12 core i don't have a, oh. a full 32 core but it's it's super quick to run a little behind there yeah when does the 32 core come out i am not sure you'd have to ask your amd representative however i know right now they're taking pre-orders at so what could businesses use a thread ripper for ripping threads Good what goal. does that mean, Jake? Good goal, good goal. <laughs> for a, for a business there's different processors for that. Uh servers, uh multiple virtualization stuff like that. Threadripper's not really meant for for uh business consumering. It's it's more for high cool. end. It's a high end desktop part
1: for business consumering.
0: Big biz business consumering.
1: Business consumption?
0: IR educated.
1: Yes. We're we're
2: apparently specialists in everything except for English
0: which is why we talk instead of type. It's 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 a podcast, not a blog. All right, so any other current events? Current events, things in the news that pertain.
1: So Forbes has reported uh a few days ago that there's a a leak in Microsoft in Microsoft's Windows 10 for their monthly charge.
0: And I'm not oh, sure Oh, I know oh, what you're oh. talking about. They yeah. were talking about how uh Microsoft has a roadmap Mm -hmm. to charge Windows 10 as a service. Right. The managed desktop. I am not an expert in Microsoft's practices Mm -hmm. as far as that is concerned, but what I will say is I don't think your normal desktop user is going to be affected by that. I think what they're trying to say is is they're going to put it to where, because the licensing schedule for enterprise licenses for companies that need that kind of thing, uh, it's astronomical Mm -hmm. and it is super confusing. So to have a service where you can get Windows 10 as a service charged like they do with Office 365, it makes total sense. And I'm not saying that won't scale oh. down to the home user as well. I'm sure it will. Right. Eventually. What they probably...
3: to do is they come up with their service. They're calling it Microsoft 365. And in that service, you're going to get Windows 10 and
0: Office as a right. of package. Right. That's and a, that makes sense. That's that's a that's a really good idea, and a lot of people are kind of freaking out because they think it's, oh, you know, I've got Windows and I got it for free, and now they're going to change it into the subscription plan. I don't see them doing that.
2: Mm. I mean, if they do, it's they're not going to charge a, a a large amount
0: for that. Well, going for something from free to to a paid, it it's not something Microsoft's going to do. They're just not.
2: Well, it's instead of the upfront cost.
0: Well no, yeah, but what I'm saying is is uh about what 2 years ago Microsoft gave away Windows 10 for free. Yeah. yeah.
2: But it'll be it'll probably be with the next rollout. It won't be with Windows 10. Well, what I'm saying next... is, is
0: those that got it for free, they won't be charged.
2: No, no, no. But for the next for the next um
0: for the next software package, they'll probably they'll probably offer the next Windows, add. possibly. But I can't see people paying for an op like I don't see people going to Best Buy buying a Dell, and then going home and having to pay a service charge to have the operating system on that computer. I just don't see that happening. I don't see Microsoft doing that.
3: We do it with Office. Not Office is different. With, uh...
0: Office has never been free. Yeah.
3: No. On a new beta that's come out and what eventually will come through with the next update is they are, I know I'm going to have the terminology wrong, but you'll be able to virtualize an application within windows. You won't have to have that third party server or windows server right. to provide a virtual application and a handful of people will be able to access it on the windows operating system, right. as opposed to the server where, However many licenses you have can access that virtual application. Right, they're
0: they're using it to to simplify the process. I do believe, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah, I, the home user yeah, it's just like kind of Office 365 in that space. The the home user does use you know Office 365 as a service because um, you've always had to buy it. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of outside of going to uh, some of those seminars that Microsoft used to have and getting software for free whenever you entered the door. Do they still do that? Not to my knowledge. That's how I got Office XP. I, I got see a, it
3: is what they're really doing is offering a VDI, a uh, virtual desktop infrastructure of Windows so that you can go buy one of these and it won't be a Chromebook, but it'll be something like a Chromebook
0: yeah. that'll be
3: scaled down and you'll have to have internet connectivity to access your Windows desktop for X amount of dollars a month along with Office. That's what I see and and too. Internet. That
0: that's exactly how that I see sense. it. You'll Still way be you... able
3: to buy the full version for your computer. I don't see them getting away from
0: that. Right. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Nobody's nobody's gonna. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay for Windows as a service. But yeah, if but if you want to buy a two hundred dollar computer,
3: that's like a Chromebook, maybe less. I don't know how much those are, but
0: what Chromebooks? Yeah. Yeah, about two hundred bucks.
3: So you'll need some a cheap uh, right. solution to get something for school or whatever. You know, an affordable solution for a computer. Hmm. That would be on the table.
0: I want to make sure as we're doing this podcast that we have as much listener interaction as we possibly can. It's why we set up the numbers uh, such as the 833-922-5587 number so that people can call in and ask questions. I feel like, you know, we should really have that interaction. But what we did for this podcast is we recorded some questions previously and we're going to listen to them and answer them. So, yeah, you can call in and leave messages. Um, just call the number at eight three three nine. call us Or you can, you know, use Twitter at CyberTalkPod. Or you can email the question at questions at CybertalkPodcast.com. Any of those things. We go through them every day. We will most certainly get to your questions. If they're valid, don't be silly. Uh and we'll, we'll definitely answer them. Well, if you want to be silly, be silly. Just, you know, you know just try to be respectful as you possibly can. But uh, here's our first question from uh, a lady that's actually in our building.
1: I think one question um, I have or a lot of our clients have is what's the best way nowadays to send bank documents like bank statements and things of that sort? Is it is it better to use something like a Google Drive, you know, shared folder, or is it, you know, still okay to send through email or not okay to send through email um, for like the average, you know, user, not to a bank, but just between parties.
0: That is an insanely good question and one I actually do get quite a bit. Uh, from my perspective, what I would tell you to do is there are emails, uh, secure email providers that uh, run two layers of security. And what it'll do is uh, it will take the email that you generate, you'll send it through the system. That system will email that person, request documentation or something like that, and then send it back through secure channel. I don't know, especially as it comes to bank documents. Anytime I've ever run bank documents, I've always requested who has asked for those bank documents to send me a secure email, or I will send them a secure email to do it. And that—that's probably the way I would do it. I'm not going to list any uh, services um, for reasons that should be pretty obvious. But what about what encrypting I, the attachment? I mean, or I was going to say that's another—that's another way to do it. If you needed to, what you could do is you could um, take a program like WinRAR or something like that. And then encrypt, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a, it's a it's another layer where you can generate a password on that particular compressed file and then give the party you're sending it to the password. I've done that before as well. And it's not super, you know, secure, but it's better than just sending the file. I would never send something that important in an attachment. I just wouldn't. And it's, what about the bank sending it to you? Banks usually do have that... Uh, Email service provider. A security.
1: Right. So what about, as she included in her question, uh, something like a Google Drive or um, Dropbox, cloud store for example? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could. It, it just seems like, especially if you're wanting something like an ease of use Type deal. I don't know if I would necessarily use a a Google Drive because that just adds, you know, you got everybody that has the ability to get into the Google Drive.
3: You can attach passwords to the link that's provided to you before you could download the file.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, again, it's not—it's not even so much that it's who gets it on the other end. Like if you have uh, someone's bank, like somebody sends you a bank file, and you've got twenty people in your office with access to that Gmail Drive,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, and I mean. You don't know. You don't necessarily trust everybody in your office. I mean, who knows? I mean, the person that's sending it to you right, You know, obviously has trust in you and you know faith that you're doing the right thing. So I don't know if I'd use a um, Gmail drive for that. Just, again, personal preference, but I, I just wouldn't. But, yeah, there, there's services. Uh, I'm pretty sure Microsoft offers a service to do it, and I want to say it's a menial charge.
3: Well, I've seen services where you pay X amount of dollars for – X amount of email accounts.
0: Hospitals, use it, Hospitals use it a lot. Hospitals use a lot, yeah. That's correct,
3: where you might pay <clears throat> so much for 200 email accounts that'll run through the system. Oh. But so it, when emails go out, it looks for certain keywords, certain key numbers, such as account numbers, social security numbers, uh, maybe certain medical terms, right? And, and if that's the case, the service automatically encrypts uh, the email. And then that person on the other end who's receiving it has to kind of make a little account and get into it and prove it to them and then allows them to look at the
0: email. Well, and that's the other part of it. Whenever you're dealing, especially like a hospital, you got to make sure you stay within uh, regulation, like uh, within law as far as that goes. So if you're using something like that, then you need to make sure that they have compliance as well because it goes all the way down the chamber. That is a whole nother episode of this podcast. Uh, and we will definitely get there. Definitely. Uh, Cause it is something that needs to be talked about, but there are some free services you can use. Um, you know, read the fine print. Uh, if you get uneasy about it, use something else or just contact us to ask, you know, if we have the ability to, we'll, we'll answer.
1: So we've got um, some frequently asked questions um here things that are kind of in general use
0: like an faq type deal we've pulled questions that are commonly asked and we feel like you know since we don't have a ton of uh call-ins just yet felt like we would just kind of go over some of the common ones and see if we could help um
1: so number one uh let's start with something everyone can kind of relate to um what are the risks associated with using public Wi-Fi, like going to a a coffee shop or even if your city offers uh, a publicly backed Wi-Fi?
0: just don't do anything on that Wi-Fi that, that you wouldn't want anyone else to see is what the risks are huge Yeah, Um you can absolutely jump from system to system through a public Wi-Fi so it would tell you to be careful uh, make sure you got your lockdowns in place make sure your firewalls are functioning uh, but in general my, my rule of thumb would be to make sure that if you're going to get on a public Wi-Fi to not do it with anything that's so basically
1: don't like access your company intranet i wouldn't through that um what about on quite a few of them when you sign in or maybe it's device specific the device will ask you if you want to leave yourself viewable to other users on the network or if you want to uh, shut down that that ability for them does that protect you in any serious way.
0: It does. I mean, the, the firewalls within Microsoft software, and I'm assuming like windows is where you're going. And you can, you could detect a new network a, connection. It always props that little
1: right. windows or your iOS on your, on your phone or your, say you have a company iPad right. or, or a surface or something.
0: Yeah, it actually does help. Okay. Yeah. I would absolutely like if, if you're, if the goal is to not let somebody, is it total protection? Absolutely not. Right. But it's a layer. And, uh, Um, Kind of think of uh, security as bars on a window to a small point, which is, you know, if somebody's got bars on the window and somebody doesn't, then the person trying to get in is going to go to the windows without the bar.
2: Another frequently asked question is, is it possible for hackers or other entities to access my computer's webcam? Absolutely.
1: Do you remember um, there was a, a famous picture of Mark Zuckerberg's computer in his office, and he had tape over the webcam right. in his computer, and it prompted a lot of these questions. I'm
0: not gonna. I'm not gonna say I don't know Mark Zuckerberg's level of security knowledge, right. so I'm not gonna comment solely on that. But yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a red flag. If I invite you to come look at my webcam, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, you can definitely get into a, a webcam relatively easy too, which is kind of a shame, but. You know, it all depends on how much, how well you have those defenses on the other side.
1: Well, can somebody do that without me seeing that they've done it?
0: Yeah. Okay. The little light that's next
3: to the camera, be it on top of your laptop hmm. or a separate camera,
0: they have the ability to turn that light off so that you don't know they're using it? Okay, that it? that is actually one of those areas that's a yes and no. It depends on how that light is triggered. If the light is triggered whenever power is generated to the camera, that's a lot more tricky than having the light on when it's recording if that makes sense like you can have it hardwired in so that whenever the power the lens or the uh ccd of the camera gets power the light comes on Mm. which means whenever it's active and that's a little harder to turn off it's possible but it's a little harder to turn off than if it's when it's recording there's a red light on whereas otherwise active there's no light
2: what if i've gone in and disabled my uh the the camera that's
0: built into my laptop usually that'll do it unless they re-enable it which is possible but you well again it's one of those things where if you knew what you were looking for you'd, you'd know know how to see it okay but in that i mean if you if you have a random little thing and for windows 10 if you have a random little thing in the pop-up on the right hand side it says driver installing for webcam and you didn't do that that might shake you a little
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Not on startup. On startup, that that might be common, but otherwise, you know, if it just pops Doesn't up randomly a... right in the middle of you looking at porn, you might have a problem. Put the old uh, it, it maybe away. Well, either that or just get some um, <laughs> get some electrical tape and. It may be but, just their
1: problem, not look, yours.
0: <laughs> if you're going to do that, just don't take it just to the camera level. Go ahead and cover up that little dot that's next to it, because that's the it's microphone. The microphone on yeah. too. Yeah. Go ahead and cover up the microphone, too. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it sounds like a horse.
1: Um, so one of the most common things that I hear, especially from Mac users, is that Mac is so secure, I never get viruses. Um, you know, I've heard that one, too. And so, why is the Mac... Why does it seem so reliable and secure? Is it is it just because...
0: All right, let me go ahead and preface, preface this with, right. I am not a Mac nor PC fanboy. I okay. am neither one. I am all for whatever works at any given situation.
1: Right.
0: Um, you know, the AMD Intel debate, the... PC-Mac debate. It really doesn't matter to me provided it works. With that being said, it's a game of numbers. Yeah. Uh, a Mac doesn't seem like it. I mean, can absolutely get viruses. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But whenever you have a user base, uh, and I'm not sure what the numbers are now. It's been a little while since I've looked. But let's just say that Microsoft has a Windows user base from Windows 7 to Windows 10 of 85%. And then... Uh, Apple has a user base of somewhere around 8%. Sheer numbers tells me if I create a virus for Windows users, I'm going to get more with that.
3: Well, that was one of the directions I was going to go with it. Um, you know, the, Like you said, the majority of the viruses are made to infect Windows computers versus uh, a Mac.
1: Is that so mostly have- because of the, the commercial use?
3: I believe it's Do you think? just like you no, said, I just think it's there's numbers. More, it's just there's a, more users yeah. out there that'll... But, as Mac has become more popular, more and more viruses have begun to pop up
2: right so every every once in a while, you have to create a new password right. um and they're different. Different requirements for different services. You know, some people want you to use a
0: capital and a number and a character. And when, um, um, Microsoft designation: eight characters, one symbol, with at least one capital letter. Exactly.
2: Is it is it better to use multi-word passwords, uh, or is it better to use the letter, number, and symbol combination?
3: What is it? Um, you come up with like a maybe a sentence or a phrase that you wouldn't say maybe a song lyric i don't know and you maybe use the first letters of each one of the words in that little lyric throw a number in behind it make one of them capital uh something that really doesn't look like a word at all Uh, you got your password generators that are designed to pinpoint words i don't do
0: that i just use password (laughs) my password. <laughs> the Password. Yeah, <You> know, <laughs> make sure you keep the exclamation point at the end. Password of it. one through four. Yeah, you know, password a, one two three four. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: No, one it? through four. Yeah, the, path, <laughs> the the
0: A is the at symbol. The the S's are fives, mm-hmm. which by the way is super simple. To guess. Um, I guess I got to change my yeah. password. No, no, <laughs> that'll happen.
1: So it's also my uh, my pin. Yeah, for your That's, for your luggage. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. because
2: the number the the passwords really start to pile up because every single service every company that you have any business with requires a different password and
0: you don't want to use the same password for everything no because that makes it once once you get breached in one area all of a sudden every single you know account you've created is subject to uh subject to review at that point you create a one-stop shop but so, what what I essentially to go ahead go ahead No, no, no. Well, it's a good idea to write them on a post-it. Put it on your monitor, or under the keyboard. Under the keyboard is the best place for. Probably the second best. Yeah, don't do either one of those.
1: (laughs) Pick your favorite ICP song.
0: There we go. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and then just line by line. That's each of your passwords.
0: (laughs) Who going chicken? Oh, I gotta capitalize that. What is a juggalo? (laughs) Uh, But no, seriously. As far as as far as I think, what um. What you should do in those cases is, is more along the lines of a sentence, like like he was saying, a lyric. But if you have the the ability to use 255 characters as your password, knock yourself out with a sentence. That way it's much, much easier to remember. Uh, and oh, well, what about word generators? There are some out there, not a lot, and there are more words than letters. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about entropy, it is much more difficult to crack that sentence, especially if it's a sentence like an inside joke or something like that. Yeah, eventually somebody could sling words together. So
2: you should use a soliloquy from Shakespeare and just run with that. Next question, please.
1: So if I'm a uh, cheap piece of shit and I'm using an unsecured Wi-Fi from a neighbor Um, Can they discover that I've done that?
0: Uh, Absolutely. Whenever you're part of a network, regardless of what network you're on, the device-to-device communication is far easier. And you can use certain programs to be able to watch traffic flow, uh, monitor what's going on. So, yes, absolutely. The question is, is will they? And whether or not um, you're, well, like he said, a cheap piece of shit for doing it, um, get your own internet. It's cheap enough now. You go use a public Wi-Fi system, um, because essentially, well, if you're on your neighbor's Wi-Fi, security is not your uh, your big concern.
2: Well, if I'm on campus, I don't really have that option.
0: Like I said, it's not. I'm not saying don't use it. I'm saying be so. If I'm in the of, d- huh?
2: if I'm in the dorms and I want to look at porn. Do the network administrators for the school know the kind of porn I'm looking at?
0: Yes. Let me me rephrase. They could be. It is very possible.
2: So the computer science department, just on a whim, having fun, could easily find out
0: what everybody's doing in the dorms? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Well, depending on what the network's connected. They know already.
1: Be more circumspect with what you're looking at on public fucking Wi-Fi.
0: What is the
2: best antivirus software that I'm going to be able to find without spending a ton of money to protect my computer? Red any money.
0: Microsoft has one that's built into Windows ten. If you're using Windows ten Defender is actually decent. It it's not perfect, just like no other one is, regardless mm-hmm. of claim. But the Defender system, if if you're you know, cheap ass, Defender works. They keep it updated. It's integrated into Windows very well. Does Windows Defender take care of malware? Yes, yes. I'm not I'm not saying to a great tune, but for I mean, if you're talking about freebie, cheap ass, AVG also makes a very good free product that works. Malwarebytes makes a great product that's free. It's not proactive, but. You know, every time you think something's going on, you can click the icon and let it run. Runs a lot faster than well, used to.
3: More proactive. You.
0: That's not it. Depends that on who you ask.
3: The virus comes out.
0: Oh, that yes. What about
2: what about uh services that auto clean uh, your computer Use or at speed up
0: your own risk? I am not going to sit there and tell you they do or don't work. Uh, I find them to be suspect in a lot of cases, but... So the commercial's at 2 o'clock in the morning for... That should be your first warning right there. Your
3: PC. You're telling me that <laughs> that's not a good service.
0: Your PC doctor? I don't know.
3: There you go, PC doctor.
0: I, I, I've never used it, nor will I, and that's personal preference on, on my part. Uh, maybe somebody has good experiences with using it. Try... Or stay away from names. Uh, but if it's on at 2 o'clock in the morning...
1: Yeah, right. but it's an Eastern Europe, like a really pretty Eastern European chick trying to sell this to me. So like, why? Oh, well, that makes
0: it okay. Okay. That's, and that's it comes different. with
2: a little dancing version of her over in the corner. Does it? Probably yeah. 2
3: awesome. o'clock in the morning.
0: All right. No. So Any time of the day. Well, it's, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's your exactly. desktop strip yeah. club.
3: Who wouldn't watching those commercials in a strip club?
0: What are your tips for protecting yourself against identity theft? I'm going to give you a couple. Okay. Uh, first off, whenever you're handing the waitress your credit card, mm. flip it. Yeah. Numbers down. Mm. That's a weird one, but I mean, if anybody's got a camera phone, snap, they're done. It's right. over. Yank on, and I'm not talking about defacing or beating up an ATM. I'm just saying, reach up and kind of tug on the front panel. That's been a big thing here lately, where they'll and replace the entire fascia, where the buttons and what goes around the screens fake. And you'll put in your card. It'll read it through the ATM and through their own little skimming device.
2: And look at, so normally the, it's either the receipt or the cash that comes out right below where the card is inserted. Look to see if there's a pinhole, because there shouldn't be a hole in that area at all. But if there's a pinhole, that's how they that's where they set the camera to look up and see what you're keying in.
0: But you can, if you pull on a little bit, you know, if it feels like it's kind of wobbly... Uh, especially if you find it, call the authorities, call the bank itself, but do not use that ATM. Find another one.
3: There's also scanners and skimmers on uh, gas pumps. Yes,
0: absolutely. You can stick your, you know, nasty as it sounds, you can stick your pinky in and up Ooh. and then pull. And if you feel a catch of any sort, I'd, I'd move. And as far as other identity, you can keep your wallet in your pocket. Try not to get you know your wallet taken or your purse, if you can at all help it. Can you skim the
2: RFID chip remotely? Yes.
0: How do you protect against that? Um, Most cards nowadays do not use the RFID chips. So make sure... And you can look on the card and see it. If you have a card that has a dot with a bunch of lines coming out of it as a picture on the back of the card, that means it has RFID. Most cards don't now because they stopped doing that. If your card is chipped... That does not mean it's RFID. Okay. That means it's chipped. Chip does not broadcast a signal. It is a contact point, and that's how the security comes through is through that contact point. Okay. All right. We got about enough time for one more question. What do we got? Okay. What advice would
2: you give to corporations who are looking to hire in cybersecurity
0: and just in IT in general? That is a very, very good question, but what we're going to do on that one is I feel like there is enough material there that that's going to be a totally separate episode of this podcast, a very soon one as well. That could actually be the next one, depending on what the calls look like when the calls come in. Uh, if that is something you're interested in, if that's a question you want answered, please call in and you know ask specific questions. We will definitely get to them, and we will uh, get that next episode out. As fast as possible. All right.
1: That's all for us at the Cyber Talk Podcasts. On behalf of Craig, Kenneth, and Jake, this is Nathan. We're signing off.
0: See you next time, guys.